me repentance unto life. Um, and we believe as Baptists that repentance and faith are inseparable graces. That it is our duty to repent, but I don't think we can repent of our own. Um, you, uh, you, you see if you um, read things on Google and YouTube and things like that, we'll just um, repeat, repeat this prayer or uh, confess Christ Jesus with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead. And, and I'm telling you, that's not the way I got it. There was a heartfelt repentance. Uh, and I thought as Brother Joe was teaching that class that um, it's quite a remarkable thing that seven billion people were on earth. The psalmist David said, I love the Lord. He inclined unto my cry. He heard my cry. And that came back to my mind as Brother Joe was teaching this morning that out of seven billion people, he heard my cry. Isn't that an amazing thing? He heard the cry from my heart. Out of all the chaos that was going on that night, he heard somebody as small as me. But I believe that when the Lord draws you, and I do believe He must draw you, I believe that's the time that your heart is so tender. And He grants us repentance and faith. In other words, it's not just a decision. I got up this morning and made a decision. Well, actually, Michelle made a decision what I was going to wear. It wasn't me. But salvation doesn't come like that. You don't just make a decision and all of it, it's far, far more to it than that. Uh, but I'm glad of this old time way. But friends, look around us. It's in danger. It's slipping away really fast. And we need to do all we can to lift up this way. Appreciate you being here today. I do desire your prayers. I don't feel real well. And uh, you pray for me that as the service goes on, the Lord would just help me. Otherwise, we'll just sit right back down. Hebrews chapter 9, if you want to read along just a few verses. Um, and I've, I've struggled really all week on what, um, what to preach and um, thought it might be a testifying service, and it may be, we'll see. But uh, I do want to say this. I, I like to preach each time as if it's the last time I'll ever preach. And I believe if I do that, and I believe if you um, approach every service like it might be the last one you're ever in, I think we would see things begin to happen. In other words, I don't know that we have the urgency about us that we should have. And sinner, if you're here today, you don't have the urgency about you that you should have. You need to be saved. You must be born again. And so today, this is an opportunity, a day that the Lord has made and drew you into this place. And I'm glad that you're here. Hebrews chapter number 9 starting with verse 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the truth, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that He should offer Himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must He often have suffered since the foundation of the world. 
But now, once in the end of the world, He hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of Himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for Him shall He appear the second time without sin unto salvation. We are living in the in-between of the two comings of our Lord. The apostle or whoever wrote Hebrews declares here that, um, that the Old Testament was a figure of like things that would, would come. And he explained that the if you go back and read all of Hebrews and the preceding part in this chapter, he explained how uh, that the high priest would, uh, would enter into the Holy of Holies here on this earth. That, that was a representation of heaven itself, but, but that the high priest would go in one time a year, never without blood, and begin to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And that mercy seat, have you heard me describe different times, uh, was, was placed on the Ark of the Covenant, and inside that Ark of the Covenant, and underneath that mercy seat of God, were the law and the Ten Commandments. And, uh, and, and I've said this many times, but it bears repeating that the Ten Commandments, according to Paul, uh, they are a schoolmaster uh, to show us our helpless, lost condition. Uh, I realize we live in a society today that says do the best you can and keep the commandments, but I want to talk to you just a little bit about that this morning. And, and I was reading over in Amos this week, and, and I, I was thinking about the time that should come that, uh, that Amos declared that there's coming a day that the Lord says, I will send a famine in this land. And he said it won't be a famine of bread uh, or, of, or of water, but he said it will be a famine of hearing the Word of God. And he said many will run and seek the Lord and seek the Word and they shall not find it. And, and, and I said that while ago to say this, that we are in danger of that day. I believe it is rapidly descending upon us. I realize we live in a part of the country, thank God, that, uh, that we have good churches among us, but uh, there are also heretics that walk among us. Uh, and so it's getting harder to hear the truth of the Word of God. And I thought as I was reading in Amos this week that, uh, that how long we've got revival coming up in a little over a month from today. Uh, and I, I, I wonder how hungry that we are. And i got to think about that, that the psalmist in Psalms 107, uh, he declares that God will satisfy uh, that hungry soul. Uh, the Lord, when He came preaching uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, He said, Blessed are they that hunger, for they shall be filled. And I thought about that a lot this week. And I thought about uh, when I was growing up, my mom would always scold me and my brother when we would uh, try to eat a cookie or something. What did your mom probably did the same thing? Uh, she would say, "You're going to spoil your appetite. You're going to get filled up on the bad, and you won't have any room left." And I thought that's 
really what we've done in today's culture. We fill up on things of this life and things of this world. And then when it comes time to sit down at God's table and feast on that heavenly manna, we've ruined our appetite with things of this land. You understand that? And so I wonder how hungry we really are. I don't know about you, but I'm getting awfully hungry. I'm getting hungry for God to move in this place in a way that we've never seen Him move before. You say, preacher, that's wishful thinking. I'll tell you this, we serve the same God. And I've read in your history in this church, recently reading through that 150th anniversary that you had 25 years ago, and I can tell you with all sincerity that God has indeed moved men and women in this place. He has indeed stirred men and women up to the point He has indeed filled the hungry mouth and filled the hungry soul with good things from above. But my friends today, are we really hungry for the things that be of God? I thought about that this week and I thought about what I just told you that, that I would like to approach every time as if it's the last time. And I wish you would approach it as if it were the last time. I mean, I'm telling you today, we need to be hungry. But instead we filled our belly uh, with Facebook and all of this uh, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that uh, but I'm saying this uh, you better not spoil the things uh, you see Israel got to a point in life uh, how even though God uh, fed them with manna it said that man uh, did eat angels food uh, but they got so full uh, and you know what they uh, they eventually come to the place uh, that they didn't want that manna anymore uh, they said our soul it just loathes, uh, it loathes this light bread. Uh, there's a scripture in the book of Psalms that uh, it says this, that they, they forgot God. Uh, they forgot His wonderful works among the children of men. And so they, uh, they were tired of the manna. And the psalmist said what Moses declared in Deuteronomy that they asked God. And they said, we don't want this bread. Uh, we don't want the angels' food. Uh, we don't want the things that you would have for us. Uh, we don't want the, the food that you're going to give us. Uh, we want meat. Uh, we want the flesh pots of Egypt. Uh, we want to go back to where it was uh, that we ate of the good of the land. Uh, and the Bible said that God granted them their request uh, and sent quail down uh, and quail covered the camp uh, of Israel. Uh, but while they chewed that in their teeth, uh, as leanness came into their soul. Uh, and so he filled their body with things that they wanted. But all the time their soul was growing lean. Uh, most every church in America today, uh, we've got a lean soul about us. Uh, we think that we're living in the time of the enlightened. Uh, but my friend, the more I go back and read what these old men of God had to say, uh, my friend, they uh, were hungry for God to move. Uh, and they proved that with their life. Uh, and they proved that by getting in the Word of God. Uh, they weren't satisfied. You see, the hunger of this world is different the hunger of this world you eat and you get filled and then you push away and you don't want any more but the times that God has filled my hungry soul the more I eat the more I want and you never
never get full. I had a friend the other day. I do a lot of barbecuing and smoking, and, and I take him some food lots of times. And he said, Brother, you know it's awfully good when you're not a hungry anymore, but you still want to keep eating. And I think that's the way it is with God. The more he moves, the more you want. The more you feast, the bigger your appetite gets. And so today we need to be hungry. But I thought about what we said. But I want us to approach it like it's the last time. A sinner friend, you listen right well today. It could be the very last time. I have no idea. But I said a while ago, we're living in between the times of those appearing. We're living in between what the apostles said when Christ came in the end of this world. He offered Himself one time and never to die again. There are Romanists among us today in the world that would declare it's a continual thing. He died one time and He will never suffer again. He doesn't have to suffer for eternity. My friend, He died one time and now He's appearing in the presence of God for us. But the Scripture says He is coming again without sin the second time. But the next time He comes, it won't be that little lame, uh, that little babe in a manger. It won't be that uh, lame Galilean. It won't be that humble servant. Uh, no, sir, He came like that one time. Uh, the Bible says when He comes the next time uh, that all men shall see Him and the nations of the earth shall wail because of Him. He's coming back. Uh, not as a little humble babe in a manger, uh, but He's coming back on a white horse. He's coming back to judge this world. He's coming back to judge the souls of men. He's coming back to be a king and a ruler. He's coming back Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And we're now living in between that time. But my friend, you can mark her down. He is coming. He is coming. He is coming. He is coming in the clouds. And there's coming a day when everything that you see, everything that you know, everything that you've always known to be true is going to burn up in this life. And the Scripture declares that day. Uh, Daniel saw that day. Uh, the Scripture says that Daniel uh, saw a day. And he said, I saw the Son of Man. I saw Him set as the Ancient of Days. And I saw the books. And the books were open. And Daniel said, that judgment is set. It's already set. I don't know that day. I don't know that hour. But there is coming a day when all that are in the graves shall hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live and come forth. The Scripture declares a day. I've, I've preached this before, but Job in his writings declares. He said, Lord, you will call and I will answer. That ought to humble you today. I realize that we're living in a time like, like has never been on the face of this earth. And we've got modern medicine and it marvels me. I wouldn't be here today without Western medicine. I realize that. But my friend, there's coming a day you will die. There's coming a day there's nothing you can do. There's coming a day that according to Job, He will call 
and you will answer. You will have no choice. You can't put it off. The scripture declares that day no man can stand against death. It's coming for everybody. And there are many, many, many in this place right now. I've never heard you say that you've been saved by the grace of God. And you know what? I'm hungry to hear them words. I'm hungry to hear them come out of your mouth. Every morning I wake up and I pray that today is going to be the day I get a phone call with the best news. Every Sunday morning I pray, oh God, let today be the day. I'm hungry for him to just break loose. You don't understand this today. Satan has blinded your mind to that fact that one day you will stand before an almighty God. I thought about that judgment. I thought about how men... I don't realize this, but there's coming a day that Daniel spoke about. Daniel saw it firsthand. Daniel, he served the king of Babylon to an extent. He served God, but he was called into service by Babylon from time to time. And there was a king in Babylon that ascended, and even though he knew what happened, even though he knew the story of Nebuchadnezzar, even though he knew all of that, he didn't believe it in his heart. And there came a day that he was making a feast in his house with a thousand of his lords and his wives and his concubines were there probably congratulating on everybody telling them how good they are how blessed they were but then he done something that caused the wrath of God to fall what was that preacher? he took the sacred things of the temple of the Lord he took those sacred things that Solomon had placed in that holy place and he took them out and he began to make a show of them he began to drink wine out of the things of God. I'm telling you this today. You are living in a culture that mocks everything good and holy. And I'm going to tell you this. Because of that, the wrath of God will fall on us. Just like it did Babylon. America is no different. If, if, if all that we're doing goes unpunished, then there's not a God in heaven. But I'm telling you the things that we've done, the things that we've subjected our kids to do, the things that we've planted in their hearts and in their minds, God will judge us for that. And so he made a mockery. But as he was making this feast, the scripture said something happened that he wasn't expecting. He said he saw a vision and this king was there drinking his wine out of the God, out of the, out of the, out of the uh, vials of gold that were set aside, dedicated to God. But as he done that, the scripture said he saw a vision and all it was was part of a hand. That's all, just part of a hand, but he watched that hand. He didn't understand what it was, but that hand began to write upon the wall. And he couldn't understand the handwriting. And he called all his magicians and all of his soothsayers and everybody, all the wise men in his kingdom. And he tried to explain to them the vision that he saw. And they said, King, we have no idea. And we don't know what that means. And we don't know anything about that. But the scripture said, Belshazzar, I believe was the king's name. It said his knees smote one against another. I'm telling you this. If you had any inkling on the judgment of a holy God and you're here today lost and unsaved, and you should tremble before that power. 
And this man did. He began to tremble. And nobody could help him. And nobody could tell him what it meant. But there was a man named Daniel. And the king's mother said, There is a man who helped out your father in times like this. She said, I don't understand how, but he's got the spirit of the holy gods about him and he has been an interpreter of dreams in his life and he, if anybody can declare unto you what this vision is and what that writing means, that this man by the name of Daniel carried captive from Babylon, you seek him out and I guess he can help you and if he can't, nobody else can. Friends, today you listen. I know that you get tired. I know that maybe if you're lost, you get tired. Why do they keep bothering me? And Michelle's got a friend that when they were growing up, uh, her testimony, uh, and I hope she really found, uh, but I have my doubts. I'm not saying, uh, let me just explain this. Uh, she had a friend that uh, her experience of salvation, you know what it was like? Uh, she said, I got tired. Uh, people kept coming to me and asking me if I needed to go to the altar. So one night, I just went so it'd be over with. I don't know about you. That's not how that happened to me. Uh, they didn't know about me. They, they, there's nothing wrong. I've seen people uh, go to other people, and that's good. If the Lord is directing you to go to somebody, you go. And uh, my friend, I just want to say this. Uh, Daniel uh, tried to help this man. Uh, these people that are coming to you and you're lost uh, and you wish they would just stop, uh, you need to understand. And uh, they do it because they love you. They love your soul and they want you to be saved. They see there is a judgment day that's coming and Daniel tried to help this king. He said, I can tell you what that says. I can tell you what that means. You're not going to like it. But he said it simply says that you are that judgment is coming and you are weighed in the scales and in the balances and you're found lacking. I want to talk to you just a moment about those scales of judgment. Those scales of judgment. There's coming a day according to the Scripture of the Word of God and by that authority that every man, woman, and child that has ever lived upon this earth are going to step into those scales of judgment. Could I say I want to talk to you? I said earlier about those commandments on the wall. If you were just to put that first commandment, just the first one, if you didn't put the other nine there. If you were to put that first commandment on one side of that scale of judgment, that thou shalt have no other gods before me, uh, that Jesus Christ said, the great commandment is this, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your might. If that's the only thing you put on that side of the scale, it would still outweigh you. We are living in a culture and I get we talked about it in Sunday school. That most of the religious crowd and most churches you attend will try to put works into salvation. And most people in the world today and most religions in the world today will declare that they believe it. And, and the text of Brother Joe's lesson today was there are ways that seem a right to a man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. But most of the religious world today, it seems right in the sight of man. And they say, well, they just, you step on that scale of judgment at the end of your days. And all the bad things you've done are on one side of the scale and all the good things you've done are on the other side of that scale. 
And whichever way that it tilts, that's where you'll go. But you see, there's one thing that is wrong with that. There's a lot of things. But there is one thing. Who decides what is good and what is bad? If you leave that to man's judgment, it's faulty to start with. It's faulty to begin with. Who decides what's a good thing and a bad thing? And Brother Joe said something I've heard preached and I've tried to preach it before. It's not, uh, we don't, uh, we're not sinners because we sin. Uh, we sin because we are sinners. And that's a big difference. That's a big difference. That's a big difference. Are you so? So there's coming a day. You listen. You're going to step out of this life soon. One day soon, eternity is going to come, and time will be no more. We were at an ordination last week, and I believe it was Brother Jeff that talked about that scripture in James that your life is just a vapor. It's here for a time, and then it vanishes away. And we've all saw a vapor, and what happens to vapor? It just dissolves. It just vanishes. My friend, when your vapor is vanished, where are you going to be? You see, there's coming a day, and the, the scripture declares that we're either saved or we're lost. It, 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 it says that in many ways. It says there's coming a day that Jesus Christ Himself shall separate the sheep from the goats. And there is no third animal. And there is no third party. And the Scripture declares we're either alive or we're dead. There is not a state in between the living and the dead called purgatory. It is a Romish thing that's made up uh, to put money in their coffers. And it is birthed in hell itself. But you see, you are either saved by God's grace or you are lost and undone. For the Scripture says that we come forth and sin from the womb. That we're, we're conceived in iniquity. That we come forth from the womb as speaking lies and hypocrisy. So you are either saved by God's grace or you are lost. And there is coming a day you're going to step into that scale. You say, preacher, I don't want to sit on that scale. I don't want to step foot in that scale. How is it with you today? If you were weighed right now, how would it weigh you? That's, a, that's God's scale. It's God's judgment. In other words, you could take one hair of your head or one grain of sand and it will weigh that to the bitter truth. It is a scale of truth. And it is a scale of judgment. Yeah, and whether you want to or not, you will set foot on that scale. You will stand. The Scripture declares a day in Revelation 20 where there's a great throne and all that's ever lived is going to stand and be judged. You're going to step on that scale. I don't want to step on that scale. It doesn't matter if you want to or not. There's going to be one lay his hands on you, greater than you, and he will set you on that scale, and you shall be judged. Everything, every thought, everything that you've done, you think about your life right now, and you think about all the sinful things, you think about every thought that you had, you think about, and you say, how can I be weighed in such a scale as that? Well, you're either going to stand there by yourself. I wouldn't want to be weighed like that. I don't know about you. If all I had to go on in that scale of judgment was my things, I would be in a bad, bad shape. But you see, there's coming a day, those of us who have been saved, when we step on that scale, we're not stepping on there alone. 
but the righteousness of Jesus Christ. It'll balance everything. And my friend, that scale will weigh true. I don't, I don't fear. I fear the judge. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to my eternal salvation, I got that settled up a long time ago. You see, I told you earlier that God will grant us repentance. And He did. Uh, one night as just a boy, he granted me repentance. Uh, I mean, I felt so bad. Uh, his spirit was dealing with me. I hope he's dealing with you. You can't be saved unless you're first drawn. And out of all the men and women, boys and girls in the world that night, he drew me. Out of all the men, women, boys and girls, I don't know who this sermon is for, uh, but I believe it's for somebody here. He's drawing you. See, the good thing is, I don't have to tell you. It's not the matter of God's job. It's my job to preach the truth of the Word of God. But there is coming a day that a famine will like we're in that day. We're in that where the truth is where the truth is mashed down and lies are spread. I want to preach the truth to you. You're going to stand before a holy God. It ain't it ain't me that has to tell you you're a sinner. I, tr I try to preach sin. I try to preach judgment. But see, it's the Spirit. It's the Holy Ghost of God that will take what I say or other brothers and sisters say and begin to work on your soul. And I believe He's working on somebody right now. You see, it takes that. It's the convicting, drawing power of the Spirit of God. I know you might not realize it at the time. You know what that is? That's mercy. And that's grace. That's goodness of God. That's trying to lead you to repentance. Trying to get you to understand there is coming a day when your soul will be judged. The Scripture declares that day's coming. And the Lord Himself said this, Fear not those who just simply kill the body. There's nothing else they can do. But He said, I warn you. Yea, I forewarn you whom you shall fear. You shall fear the one that has power after he hath killed the body to destroy both soul and body in hellfire. There is a place like you've never imagined. There is a place that when the soul of man enters in, he will never rise again. I was reading that in Amos, and after it talks about the famine, it talks about a great fall. You understand today, there's coming a day that you will fall, your body will fall, your life will fall, and you will never, ever, ever rise up again. They're going to lay you beneath this sod, and you're going to remain there in body. Meanwhile, your soul is either in heaven or hell. And then there's coming a day beyond that that your body will rise from the dead and unite with the soul and you will be judged and stand before God. Oh yes. If you're awake today, how's that scale going to tip for you? The judge of all the earth is going to sit at a great throne and judge every soul that's ever lived. From Adam all the way down to that very last one that shall be born in the last days. And we're going to be judged. 
That's not a not something that even the saved probably look forward to being judged. But I'll say this. You won't have to drag me on that scale. I'll step on there with the full assurance that I got what I needed at an altar a long time ago. It's a witness. It's a witness in my life. And that day, or maybe in eternity past, at some point, my little name was recorded in His book. The Scripture declares that in that day, the Ancient of Days is going to open His book. His book. It's known in the Scripture as the Lamb's Book of Life. And it says if your name is not written there, you must perish. You must be cast into outer darkness and there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. But preacher, I went to church. Preacher, I read my Bible. Preacher, I repeated a prayer. Preacher, I believe that God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I believe Romans 10. I'm sorry to tell you that'll do you no good in that scale. There has to be an experience. There has to be a moment that you pass from death unto life. There has to be a moment you've been born again. There has to be a moment of absolute radical change. You see, it's getting harder and harder in this day to find true salvation and true preaching and and true men of God preaching the truth of the Word of God. But my friends, I still believe in a God so that can so radically change you. I still believe in a God that can so radically transform you that you'll begin to grow hungry, that you'll begin to grow thirsty for Him to move. I believe in that kind of God. But there's coming a day He will judge the secrets of men that nobody knows about. He'll judge the very intents of your heart. And He'll judge it by this book. It's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of your heart. It's not that you've been good or bad. Many men have lived bad and got saved. The thief on the cross lived a horrible life. If he was weighed in the balances by what he did, he would be found wanting. But he found mercy and grace. And so when he steps on that scale, that sanctifying blood of pardon will be on there with him. It's not about your goodness or your badness. But have you been born again? We're living in between the time of His appearing. They waited 4,000 years for Him to show the first time. But He did come. We've been waiting 2,000 years for Him to come back. And we're occupying till He comes. But He is coming. Are you ready for that day? There's going to be a great separation. The Scripture describes it as two grinding at the meal, one taken and the other left. Two laying in bed, the one taken and the other left. 
There's coming a day husbands and wives are going to be divided. There's coming a day brothers and sisters are going to be parted. There's coming a day mothers and their little babies are going to be separated. A goat or a sheep, heaven or hell. That's it. There is no other where for you to go. Are you ready? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt you're ready for judgment? If not, this altar won't save you. Coming to this altar is not guaranteed to save you. But repentance will go a long way toward that. God will grant you that and grant you that faith. The king Daniel spoke of trembled. He thought he was untouchable. He was living his best life. I hear people say that, just live your best life. He was living his best life until trouble came upon him. Before the night was over, that king was dead. Babylon was sacked. And the Persians had came and took everything away. I love our country. I'm, I'm proud of our heritage. But I would warn America today and anybody that will listen, we can fall just like Babylon. Israel turned against God and they fell. America's in danger today. We are facing crippling wars. Our economic system, I hope you've enjoyed it while you had the chance. Because what we're doing now is unsustainable. It cannot last. In other words, there's coming a day when everything our foreparents... I was talking to Sam the other day about his daddy serving in the services. And I'm thankful for all that have served and serve right now. And I'm sorry that everything you've stood for and fought for, we are throwing away. People bled and died so that we can be free and we're throwing it away. Men of God bled and died for that that we hold in our hand and we're throwing it away. Why? Because we ruined our appetite. We filled up the things that we should have left alone. And we lost our desire to see people saved. We lost our desire to hear the truth. In order to bring us joy on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, to assemble together, but somewhere we've started to loathe this light bread called manna from above. When that happens, we will surely fall. We'll surely stand in judgment for that. This has been scattered. I've done the best I could. How is it with you today? When you step on the scale of judgment, how will you be found? A sheep or a goat, saved or lost? Time is going to end and eternity will soon begin. Think about that as we stand and sing.